This is Unaided, the brand building podcast brought to you by Leakside, a team snap company. Get ready to learn about brand marketing strategy from the experts. Here's your host, Evan Brandoff. Hello and welcome to the Wingren podcast. I'm your host, Evan Brandoff. Today, we welcome Jolisa Johnson onto the show. Jolisa is the VP of Marketing Communications at Black Bear Diner, a full-service franchise concept that has incredibly strong community ties. Let's get into it. Jolisa, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you on the show and couldn't be more excited to talk about the incredible career you've had, specifically all the success you've had with Black Bear Diner. But I want to go back in time to start off to childhood Jolisa. What was middle school Jolisa like? Oh, middle school Jolisa was tenacious and very outgoing. I am super fortunate to have wonderful childhood. Honestly, I'm the youngest of six children. When you're the youngest of six and you got boys in the family, you got to be tough, (laughs) in my opinion. So my brother Quentin taught me to be resilient for sure with his teasing nonstop continually my whole life. So it was a fun time and just lots of family events, lots of sporting events for us. All of my brothers and sisters were involved in sports. And as a family, that's something that we did together. We believed and I believe wholeheartedly it helps build character. You learn teamwork. You learn how to get along with folks that you maybe not would have otherwise, whether that's your peers or whether that's an authoritarian figure. You learn a lot in those situations. And that was just really valuable for me. But a great childhood in Oregon, by the way. Oh, in Oregon. What was your favorite sport to play? And what was your favorite sport to watch? My favorite sport to play was basketball by far. I played volleyball, basketball, softball primarily. I had a track coach who tried to get me into you know, shot put and javelin and certainly sprinting was not my thing. So that kind of fell to the wayside. But it's funny when you're successful at one sport, right? Then everyone's looking at you and thinking, you know, how does that translate? And it doesn't always translate, but that's part of the learning process, I think, for everyone. But I really enjoyed playing basketball. Always a team sport, right? Where everyone working together. And it's not always the person who has the ball, right? It's the entire team. I remember we used to get rewarded for assists, like in basketball. Our coach was like, it's not about the shooter. It's about the person who set him up, which would probably explain why Draymond Green is my favorite player, right? He's a, he's pretty tenacious and he's, man, he's the engine that drives the Golden State Warriors right now, which I'm a huge fan of and a follower as certainly as we reach the next level of playoffs here. Looking forward to that being tomorrow, right? Oh, tonight, Wednesday. There we go. Tonight, yeah. It's May 18th as we're recording this. It's game one of the Western Conference Finals tonight. (laughs) Exactly. What's your prediction? Well, come on. We're going to take game one. We're we're at home. Come on. It's got to (laughs) happen. I don't know. Luca's looking pretty tough over there. He is not messing around these playoffs. That's for sure. We'll have to tackle that. I find it so fascinating that you're one of six. How would you say both the combination of being the youngest of six kids and or playing so many sports growing up, how did that impact what you wanted to do in your career? I started out thinking in my career, I'm the VP of Marketing and Communications at Black Bear Diners, which is a concept that has 145 diners in 14 states currently. We are on a growth trajectory, so we are growing into new states and into new communities. But when I was growing up, I was a voracious reader and especially of news. I was very interested in current events and news. And I thought I was going to be like opinion editor, right? Because I have a lot of opinions. (laughs) And even as a child, I had lots of opinions. 
And so I always thought, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. And I, and soon enough, went through school and got a degree in journalism, then had a family myself. That kind of changed my priorities. And going out and being a beat reporter and actually trying to put in the time that gets you to the next level of maybe editorial, just it wasn't in the cards for me. That's just not what was going to happen at that time in my life. So took on a role as, as a marketing person in our community and really just kind of I found a niche, frankly. I mean, I found something that I felt like I was really good at, that my peers thought I was good at. That was very rewarding for me personally, but then also professionally. And so just kind of started this this avenue that I was on. And here I am. So I don't know that when I was younger, that this is what I thought I was going to do, but it certainly fits. It's no surprise to anyone, I suppose, that it is what I'm doing also. So many corollaries to what you envision doing to why you're so successful in this role at Blackbird Diner. Yeah, well, I alluded to a little earlier, right, that you have to learn how to get along, how to deal with different personalities and how to organize. In a lot of situations that I was in, I was the team captain. I was the leader of the group. So you have to learn how to bring people together, mitigate any issues that might be happening, how to accentuate strength and bring those people along in those situations. So I think that in a marketing team where you certainly have a lot of different personalities that are involved, not only in your own team, yes, in the company with different departments, but then also the people that you're working externally with, right? You have a lot of vendor partners. I know in our organization, we rely very heavily on our vendor partners because we're lean and mean internally. So that means that we need a lot of help on the outside. Those partnerships are always very valued and developed so that they can be as successful as possible, so that we can be as successful as possible. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. As you mentioned, there's now 145 Black Bear Diners growing quickly. When you joined 11 years ago, how many locations were there? 72. So here's a little fun fact too. We essentially doubled our size, but my department stayed the same size. That was my next question. So as we talk about Lean and Mean, the team that I work with, I've worked with them now, my designer and a senior manager for me, I've worked with her for eight years. And my other two team members have been with me six and five years respectively. So we've learned efficiencies. And so one of the things that we had to do was learn efficiencies, right? How do we get more efficient at what we're doing so that we can continue to do more? Because no one's asking us to do less. They're asking us to do more. So when you put in, whether it's systems or just the kind of, we call it tribal knowledge, right? It's just knowing who's who and where to go for what answers. That is invaluable, most definitely. Right. So double the size, same headcount in the marketing department or your team specifically. Yes. I know different businesses experience different breakpoints as they grow and then need to retool for their next phase of growth. For Black Bear Diner, what were those breakpoints that even though the team size hasn't necessarily changed, what you're focused on had to evolve in order to set yourself up for that next phase of growth? That's an interesting question because one of the things that we're really focused on is how do we retain the core of who we are and how we started. So as we talk about evolution and growing, and growth is that evolution, and that was all planned. And we took on an equity partner in 2016. So we had very deliberate steps to help facilitate this growth. And those are still in place and still evolving and continue to move east. So we're just going to continue to get bigger. So what is the succession plan that the plan to move that forward, right? But always in that conversation is, 
how do we keep a hold of the core values that we had when we were only 20 diners or only 72 for that matter? Because even at 72, it's a much smaller organization and more communication is much different because it can be, right? These are very deliberate conversations that we have as a senior team all the time. And it's important to us that we retain a, a small diners, community diner type feel at every one of our diners. While we say we want to be big, obviously, as far as size, we don't want anyone to think we're big. We want everyone to think we're just your local diner in your local community. And because people are astounded all the time when I say I have 145 diners, they're like, what? I mean, I have people go, I've been to everyone. I'm like, really? That's great. Fantastic. So how many is that? And they'll tell me like 23 or something. And I'll be like, oh, okay. Well, you have a ways to go, right? Because they just, they think we're smaller, maybe regional. Certainly if I'm talking to somebody in California, because we are more of a regional brand, that's where we started. So that's where a lot of our diners are. How do we keep that small town feel? It is very real. We're very much focused on local store marketing because of that, because we want to have a community feel. So as opposed to having a you know, national advertising campaign, which we do have some national ads running just for general awareness, the bulk of what we do is focused on developing programs that then can be easily executed by our local diner. So from our standpoint, we put together the programs and all the pieces to the puzzle and then go, hey, here it is. Here's your program. Your DM can now execute this very easily because we've done all the hard work on our side. That's kind of how we're approaching growth in that respect. I want to re-emphasize what you just said, because I think it's so incredible and a testament to the incredible work that you and your team are doing, that you run a company with 145 different locations. And there are people that are astounded that their local diner is one of a handful of Blackboard Diner locations. And that is just incredible that you're able to maintain that local community feel while being a big company. It used to be that like when I would travel for business and have my logo shirts on and I would get on the plane or be in the airport and someone would go, oh, I love Blackberry Diner. I would say, that's great. Which one do you go to? And they would be like very confused (laughs) because they're like, well, I go to the Blackberry Diner because they are thinking there's only one. And so again, then when I explain, oh, well, we have lots of locations, they're astounded. And And for me, that means mission success. That means we did what we set out to do, what we have established the feeling that we want to establish in that person. That is their community diner. There is one. Nothing's more important than that one. So you mentioned that a big role that your team plays in order to enable that local feel is finding the right partners, the right vendors to ultimately find turnkey ways to set all of your local operators up for success. Is that right? That's the goal. Yep. How do you do that? It sounds hard. Well, with a lot of thought, frankly, I mean, we punch holes in everything. In a prior life, I worked at an advertising agency. And so that was very much was a service model. We serviced our clients. And so I certainly bring that to this environment where my franchisees and my diners are my clients. So it very much is, how can we serve you? How can we be of service to you? Because you're my customer, you're my guest. And so part of that is making life easy for them because they have a really, really hard job. They have to run a diner and make people happy every day. And that's with the public. And that's just not an easy job. And so we want them focused on taking care of our guests each and every day in their diners. And so if we want something to be successful, we have to make it as easy as possible. 
So we spend a lot of time looking at it from the server standpoint, from the GM standpoint, and also the guest standpoint, obviously, of course. But we also look at it very much from an operational standpoint of how do we make it easy for them in turnkey, as you mentioned, to actually execute. So it's just a lot of time of, again, if we did it this way, what would that mean? Like, where's the holes we could poke into? Where's the pitfalls? Where's the pros? Where's the cons? And then setting up everything we need to make that happen. We have an internal communication portal that all of our team members can sign up for and use in our diners. And so that houses all of our information. And so our training team runs that. Training and operations runs that platform. And so we contribute to it on a regular basis. So we can always point the diners then to it, an additional point of reference and information of, here's what we're doing. And then they can always go back to get all the documentation, get the links, all the support materials they need from that platform as well. How streamlined are the marketing efforts of all the 145 different restaurant locations? Is every restaurant doing the same thing or are there some uh, variances? We have system-wide. We certainly have system-wide promotions and initiatives that are executed. And those are things like our limited time offerings, right? Uh, food offerings. Those are things that they all do. So we're on the tail end of our Go Big, which is giant porterhouse steak and just kind of big food idea. We're going to take a few weeks off and then we're going to roll into our summer berry promotion where we're featuring fresh berries on in different mm. items. And so everyone does those. And that makes it much simpler for us then to be able to communicate via social media, e-club. I mean, the things that are more general and mass media, because then we can talk about those things on a, reg- on a larger scale and not have to segment off messaging. But there are things diners do on a local level too. There might be things that are important to a diner in Porterville, California, that's important to them in their community that maybe doesn't resonate in Katy, Texas. So we'll work one-on-one with the location if they have something that they want to do to go, well, how do we support that? How do we help you be successful? Generally, we have something already in pocket because we've done a few things. So we know a few things, right? As the slogan goes, I think we proved that one. So we probably have something already in our back pocket that we go, you know what, this will work for this situation. And we can pull it out and maybe dust something off and update it slightly. That will work for them. So again, that's much more localized and we want to encourage that because we've just talked a whole lot about how we want them, we want diners to feel like they have this ability to do things locally too. And that the home office isn't dictating everything you do, like you need to do this because again, if it doesn't resonate with them and with their guest, they're not going to execute it anyway. There's going to be no passion for it. There's going to be no belief in it. There's going to be just no effort to, to execute on it anyway. To that point, part of making consumers feel that their local diner is the only diner, it's also making the operators at the local diner feel that their diner is the only most important diner. Right. right. So if we go back to my comment about being coming from a service background and a client background, right? My team is very much invested, and this is why we're a great team, in that same passion, that same thought process is... We are here to serve our diners and to make them successful. And so how do we do that? There's never pushback. As a matter of fact, are you sometimes we say yes too much? And then it's a bit like, okay, all right, we got all this on our plate. And there has to be a hierarchy of importance because there's just not enough time in a day. And so you got to find out what the most important things are and execute on them. So if a diner is underperforming, which I'm sure happens rarely, but occasionally... What's the most common reason that a diner is underperforming other diners? 
Well, okay, that's an interesting question. And our business model very much is a manager-driven model. And so if we have a strong GM in our diners on all levels, that diner will definitely be more successful. You have to be involved and you have to be passionate about running that diner. And so we've invested heavily into our GMs over the pandemic. We invested heavily into them to keep them on board knowing that it takes time. We have an internal saying that says it takes time to be a bear because it takes time to learn our enormous menu, which is vast. It takes time to learn the service model that we're talking about and right that we want you to bring to your guests and to your teams. It just takes time to develop that in a person. Everyone knows this is no secret in the industry that turnover is rampant. And if you lose somebody, not only does it cost you money, just straight out money to retrain somebody and get them up to speed, you're actually losing revenue in that time frame too, because they're not performing at a level that we need them at. So during pandemic, we actually kept all of our GMs on staff. Even when our dining rooms were closed and our diners were closed in a lot of instances, we still kept them on salary and kept them interested and active, at least with us at the home office, so that when we were ready to turn it all back on, we already had our GMs in place and we just needed to bring them back into full time. So we believe 100% that a strong GM is crucial to the success of a location. And that's probably the number one factor. It really does just reflect in everything that you see. Because if you have a strong GM who's very active in their diner, you're going to see that also in positive reviews. You're going to see that because they're taking care of business. They're taking care of their diner. It's clean. The food's prepared correctly and plated correctly. The staff is happy and friendly. You're going to see that reflected in all of those things as well. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it plays into the next question I had for you, which is, of course, the ultimate KPI is, is sales. But what are some lead indicators that are going to indicate how sales are going to perform? It sounds like reviews is one of them. What else are you looking at? Yeah, 100%. And we incorporate our review scores into a GM performance review as well. His review is dependent on our guest reviews, most definitely. Traffic's a huge indicator too. I mean, you can have year-over-year sales increases because you've taken price in a menu and then still have lower traffic. So for us this year, we're very much focused on bolstering recovering in-diner traffic because prior to the pandemic, our third-party off-premise sales was about 7%. It was relatively low. We're a three-day part concepts for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So we very much believe that the experience in our diner with the interaction you have with, with our staff, we believe that the environment that you're in with our cabin-like feel, all of these things matter to the overall experience of what you get on your plate. Yes, it's important what's on the plate, but it all experiential. So prior to pandemic, we were about 7%. Obviously, all heck broke loose. Diners closed down. Dining rooms were closed. Luckily, we already had all kinds of third-party. We already had our third-party partners in place. So we pivoted very heavily to off-premise advertising, communication, a lot with our e-club and letting them know what was going on because these are our fans, right? These are the people who really want to know what's happening at a Black Bear. And so as pandemic closed out and our dining rooms opened back up, We retained a lot of that third-party, those third-party sales, but we lost some of our in-diner traffic. And I think some of it is people are hesitant to come back a bit. I mean, there's still folks, again, I mentioned we're heavy in California, the Bay Area where a lot of our diners are, LA where a lot of our diners are. 
there's some hesitancy for people to return to some of those, quote, normal or pre-pandemic environments. So this year, we're very much focused on driving those in-diner traffic numbers while still retaining third party. So that's just going to make the whole boat float higher. That is definitely the hope. It's awesome. We know that families love fundraisers at Black Bear Diner. They do. We're happy to do them. We have a program that we call Dine and Donate, where folks can request a Dine and Donate night. We usually do those on Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. And again, it's strategic because those are slower nights. So one, we can facilitate the groups better. We ask the folks that want to do a fundraiser, we ask they participate in letting their communities and their folks know that we're holding one. So again, to help them be successful, we have a whole program together that gives them a flyer and an email template to the people that are doing the fundraiser. So they can send stuff out. So they already got something that's pre-made and they can let their community know that Black Bear is holding a fundraiser for them on this night and we donate proceeds from that evening. So we love doing those. Those are coming back around and definitely becoming more plentiful as the year is is taking on some moments here. So love to do those. Well, Jolisa, we at Leaks absolutely loved working with you. Not only you and your team a pleasure to work with, but it is such a pleasure that every single family is just so welcomed to Black Bear as a sponsor and so excited that you're supporting their youth sports organization. And again, it's just such an amazing testament of how well you have done to thoughtfully, as you grow, just think about your local diners, the local communities that you serve. It's so understandable speaking to you why you're having the success that you're having. Well, we're happy to partner with you. Very excited that we found Leagueside. As you know, grown our partnership. We started with a few test markets and test stores and thought, well, let's see how this goes. And again, felt like it was incredibly successful, just not only the program itself, but to the point of with the community, right? The community embraced it. The communities were thankful for our tabling events when we go out there and we put together a beautiful, colorful pop-up tent and some fun activities because it depends on what you do. I mean, you could just show up and then nothing's fun and nobody really cares. But again, we're fun. So we take our bear mascot because people love taking pictures with those bears. Those kids love those bears. My advice to anybody would be get a mascot, (laughs) kid-friendly mascot, because kids love taking photos with it. And then it's just such an easy way to get a viral moment, right? It really is. So those tabling events have been invaluable. Those lead to the dine and donate events then, because then when we've made those connections in the community, it goes beyond just what we're doing right there. Because let's face it, if we go back to what I just, what we started this whole conversation with was, I'm one of six. And my family was very involved. So it's not just about Jolisa's Little League game. It's then about, oh, her older brother has a football or team that he's involved with. And her sister's in ballet and you know her other sister's in the band or whatever it might be. And so those families go, oh, do you know about Black Bear? Because they were super cool. This was a great event and it was so successful. They made it easy. And we raised whatever, $250 or whatever it might be. It doesn't have to be an astronomical number because let's be honest, a lot of these local organizations and small school organizations, they're just excited to have a partner and somebody who's willing to work with them and help them advance their organization as well. So it really does have ripple effect, which is why we expanded our partnership this year. And when we were at our franchise conference just this last April, we also introduced it to all of our franchisees and invited them to participate as well. So we gave them the program. 
invited them to participate. And we're still looking at that. We have different franchisees who are at different levels of understanding why this is important, right? So a few who get it and they want to jump on right away. And you're never going to get 100% participation in something like this. But we'll continue to advocate because we know how important this is. Thank you. I'm just learning about the event last week. And again, it's always enjoyable when we get to work with people that share our mission and our values, raising communities, helping families in the community. That's what we stand for at League Side. It's evident that's what you all stand for too. So thank you. And before I let you go, Jolisa, we've got the lightning round, okay? Fantastic. Four questions. We have two minutes. So just the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. (laughs) First question, what's your favorite youth sports memory? Making finals by my high school year, uh, state finals in basketball. Wow. Nice. Second, what did you want to be when you grew up as a kid? I always thought I was going to be an opinion editor at a newspaper. Right. We already touched on that. Yeah, that's Uh, okay. You're making these easy. I like it. What is a brand whose marketing you admire most? I'm partial to Jack in the Box. I think they're hilarious. I think they're on brand 100% for their audience, their target market. So I think they do a great job with their advertising. And then finally, what is a go-to cause that you like to support? Bears Brew Back. That's our program, which supports the families that grow our beans in Nicaragua. We raise money for them. We go in-country and help those communities with clean water, uh, access to water in their communities, and then also educational programs because the big roadblock to education in Nicaragua is simply not having pen and a paper. And Mm. so we supply that and those kids get a great education. Communities get some clean water. It's very fulfilling. We invite anyone to go to our website and check it out because there's more information there about ongoing programs we have. And I also hear that there's some improvements that have happened to the website or are happening. Is that also true? Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, we were in the process of revamping. Those haven't been launched yet. So they're upcoming. We're looking forward to that, having that come to fruition too. Awesome. Jolisa, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You bet. Thanks for having me, Evan. I appreciate it and appreciate your team as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the WinGrid podcast with Jolisa Johnson. As a recap, we discussed the importance of youth sports, how to build community to support local diners, and how to build a culture of collaboration. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Evan Brandoff. See you next time, everyone. Play on. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and leave a rating at leagueside.com slash podcast. For more educational and inspiring content, you can follow Leagueside on LinkedIn and Instagram at leagueside underscore. See you next time.